I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 2 and we're going to read from the first verse of the chapter. John's Gospel uh, chapter 2 and beginning our reading at the first verse of the chapter. John 2 verse 1. The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Amen. We know the Lord will add again his blessing to the reading of his precious word afresh. Let's unite at the throne of grace in prayer. Our loving and our gracious God, as we come to thee, we think of this uh, scene that is before us, and we do thank thee for the obedience of the servants who were commanded to draw the water. And we pray, gracious God, that thou wast Enable us to learn from them that we too might be obedient, that we might trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Bless thy word as we consider it now, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. The presence of the Lord Jesus at a wedding was something that brings significance to us. Marriage is a wonderful gift of God, and when a man and a woman serve the Lord together, that then is a, 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 an even more wonderful thing. And it is striking that it is at a wedding that the Lord does the first of his miracles, or the signs, as John calls them here in his gospel. And that first miracle, we think of the first miracle of Moses was the turning of water into blood, which was a sign of God's judgment. But here, when Jesus turned the water into wine, it was the sign of God's blessing. Now, the story is well known here. We're told of how they had run out of wine at the wedding. And Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus, comes to her son and sought him to deal with the problem. But what I want you to see today is that while the Lord Jesus could have just turned water into wine, he just didn't do it that way. He used uh, means. He used the uh, men that were there, the servants, first of all, to go and draw the water. 
And when the command was given, fill the water pots, it says here in verse 7, it says that they filled them to the brim. And there's an emphasis there upon their complete obedience to what the Lord Jesus had to say. And then there's another emphasis upon this obedience because we think of the command of the, the Mary uh, the, there to the Lord Jesus, or to the servants rather, when uh, he asked them to draw the water from the well, she said to the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto thee, unto you, do it. And that voice rings down through the centuries. The servants were to obey. And it was as they obeyed the Lord Jesus that their prayers were answered and that the, uh, the blessing came to them and they were able to receive this blessing from the Lord. And what I want us to see today is that obedience is the key to life's problems. If there are problems that we face, if there are difficulties that come our way day by day, then I want you to see that obedience is something that is emphasized here. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there are no confines and no limitations and no barriers whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Unquestioning acceptance of the desires of God and his commands. And that's how we are to live day by day. That's what the Lord wants us to be. He wants to be obedient. So uh, today what we want to think about is how obedience leads to the uh, solving of la life's problems here. There are three things that we find in our obedience to God that are underlined here in John chapter 2. And I want you to see, first of all, that obedience is uh, that uh, is our purpose. Uh, it's the purpose of our redemption by God. When we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, he wants us to be obedient to him. He wants us to follow him because that's what we are to be. We are his servants. We think of the words of Mary there, whatsoever he saith unto thee, do, that, do it. In 1 Peter 1 verse 2, it speaks of God's people as being elect unto obedience. And we are to do the will of God. Now, sometimes people debate about election and the ins and outs of God's plan of election. But we don't think about how we're elect unto obedience. Obedience is the very purpose of our election. It's what we are to be. We are to be obedient to God. Now, how is that going to be seen, that obedience? Well, first of all, it's going to be seen in our acceptance of the cross. Again, 1 Peter 1 verse 2 says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. The first obedience is that of the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, it is our salvation. It has been cleansed by the precious blood of the Lamb. We're, we have to be obedient to the command 
to come to that place of cleansing. Come to the one who is able to save us and wash us in his own precious blood. We come upon the grounds of redemption. We come to the blessed Redeemer who saves to the uttermost. And that's the first obedience that we need. And if you're outside of Christ today, that's the very first thing that you need to obey. You need to accept the cross. You need to come for the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel's. But then not only is there the acceptance of the cross, but there is the allegiance to the crown. 1 Peter 1 verse 2 says, Elect unto obedience. And for John 15 verse 14, we read how the Lord says, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I've commanded you. And we have to accept the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He says, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. And again, you think of what Mary said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And we think of the many problems that we face and the difficulties that we face and the many things that would be overcome if we were just obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, if we were just to walk in accordance to his word. How many trials we get into, how many uh, sticky patches we get into in our lives precisely because we want to go our own way and do our own thing and follow in our own path. And this lesson of obedience is one that is hard to learn. We, we found it hard to learn when we were small. And maybe many times our parents came to us and the constant was refrain was, when will you learn? When will you learn? When will you learn to obey? When will you learn to do what you're told? And we often heard that and we are still finding it hard uh, to do what we are told and do what is laid down for us. And we think of the instruction and it is up to date and it is the infallible word of the living God, the God who has made us and the God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. The story is told about the late Queen Elizabeth when she, was, when she came to the throne, first of all. And her grandmother, the late Queen Mary, sent her a letter. Queen Mary was a, a regal figure, a very gracious lady. It was very much loved by the people of Britain down through the years. But when she wrote to her granddaughter that had just ascended the throne, she signed it off at the end. She signed your loving grandmother and devoted subject. You see, she was not only now her grandmother, but she was her devoted subject. And it is the same with us and God. He is our saviour. He, he is the one who is uh, our shepherd, the one who guides and helps us along the ways of life. But he is the one who is our King, our Lord. He's the one that we need to obey. The world walks in two ways. It walks according to the course of this world. It, 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 it goes fulfilling its lusts, and it, it fulfills the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And it is a, a walk that is a walk to disaster and a walk that leads into all sorts of difficulties. But when we walk in accordance 
to the way that God has set out for us, it will always be a walk of blessing. It doesn't mean that there are not going to be difficulties along the way or that we're not going to get into trouble. But nevertheless, we will know the happiness of walking with God even in the midst of the difficulties of life. The Christian then is one who walks with God. We're elect unto obedience. This is the purpose of our redemption by God. But then, not only is it the purpose of our redemption by God, but it is the pattern of our our association with God. You see, this is the pattern of our living. This is the way that we are to be. We are to be obedient servants. We are called servants of God. How often the apostle speaks about the uh, church of God as the servants of God. He speaks about himself as a servant of God. And the word for servant in the Greek is actually a word for slave. We are slaves of Christ. Mary says, whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. And we are to live our lives according to this pattern. What is the pattern? Well, it is a pattern of wholehearted obedience. Whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it doesn't matter what it is. We mightn't be able to comprehend what it is. Maybe God's ways are mysterious to us at times. But it says, whatsoever he saith unto thee. Think about these servants here. Fill up the water pots. And the water pots here were probably about 20 or 30 gallons apiece. So it was no mean thing to fill them. Maybe 120, 180 gallons of water that they had to fill. And this was no small task, but it says that they filled the water pots to the, blim, to the brim. It was wholehearted. And our obedience to God needs to be wholehearted. Not only does it need to be wholehearted, it needs to be unquestioning. It says whatsoever. That means we must obey him without question, without dispute. We think of these men here. They didn't seem to question in any way. Fancy here as they go, we don't know when the water was changed into wine, but uh, uh, we know that the wine was needed, and somewhere along the line, either as they drew it or as they brought it to the governor of the feast, it was changed into wine, and you think they're, they're drawing water out of the and their bre- as far as they're concerned, we don't know when they know that it is wine. As far as they're concerned, perhaps they were bringing water to the governor of the feast. Now, that would have been a shame for them if, that ha- if, if they thought that they were bringing water to the governor of the feast. But they do it unquestioningly. Questioningly. And, and they do it because... Obviously, they have faith that this is going to work out. They have faith in God. And how we need to have faith in God today, this is not only an unquestioning obedience, it's a trusting obedience. The Bible speaks of obedience unto faith. And as we take the step of obedience, Christ says, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast And we're not told when the miracle happened, but they did it unquestioningly, and they did it trustingly. And we need that faith in God. And then they did it promptly, whatsoever he saith 
until they do it. And that means without delay. John Bunyan said the soul of religion is in the practical part. That is in the doing of it. Our whole duty is to do what he says and do it not as a duty, but as a delight. And we are to delight in the will of God. And then it's complete obedience. It says they filled the pots to the the brim. E.M. Bounds asked the question, what is obedience? And he said, and I quote, it's doing God's will, it's keeping his commandments. How many of the commandments that constitute obedience to keep half of them and to break the other half? Is that real obedience? To keep all the commandments but one? Is that obedience? On this point, James the Apostle is most explicit. Whosoever shall keep the whole law, he declares, and yet offend in one point, He's guilty of all. It's got to be complete obedience. So this then is the pattern of our association with God. But also it is the proof of our devotion to God. Because as these men took the water out of the well and drew it to the governor of the feast, it was proof of their devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14 verse 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And if we love him, he says, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I have commanded you. And I wonder today, is that the proof of our devotion to God? You see, there are substitutes that we might have. You know, we might substitute something else for full obedience. One of the most glaring illustrations of that is in the Old Testament. You remember King Saul, and he was to utterly destroy Amalek. Uh, But we read that instead of doing all that God had said, he didn't spoil the sheep or the oxen, and he kept back the best of them for a sacrifice to God. And he thought to himself, well, I'm doing okay I am giving the best of them to God, but he didn't give them all to God as God had said. And we read how that the uh, Samuel comes and he says, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in the obeying of the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. And he was coming with devotion and he was coming with worship and he was coming with sacrifices And he was coming with the shedding of the blood. And it seemed to be so many things that were right. But he was not obeying God wholly. And you know, there he was. And he was substituting the sacrifice for doing what God wanted him to do. And we can do the same. You know, we might not be following God wholly in what he wants us to do. But we're giving money to the church. And we think that that will make it up for it. Or... Uh, we're not give, doing go, all that God wants us to do, but, but we are giving of our time uh, to uh, help in some of the meetings or, or to lead some of the meetings. And because we're doing one thing, we feel that it's making up for all of the things that we're not doing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. God wants us to be wholly obedient. This is the proof of our devotion to God. He wants to go the whole way. If a man compel thee to go a mile, he says, go with him twain. We are to do it generously and wholeheartedly and wholly. We can't 
enter into substituting anything else for that wholehearted obedience to God. There are the substitutes that we might have. But also, I want you to see the standard that we must take. It is this wholehearted obedience. Whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. When our girls were small, very often when we told them to go to sleep, the reply would be, I'm just finishing the chapter. And really that was disobedience. It wasn't obedience. Uh, they were trying to wheedle their way out of it. But you know, the standard is complete obedience. It says in verse 11, uh, to what purpose uh, um, the, he speaks there, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beets, and I delight not in the bl blood of bullocks or lambs or he goats. And then he goes on, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting, your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. And then he says, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. So there they were, and they were coming with all of their worship, and they were coming with the generosity of all of these beasts that they were bringing to the sacrifice, and God says, I don't want it. I want your obedience. I want your obedience. And he says, because you're not obedient, I'll not hear you. I'll not hear your prayers. I'll not hear as you come to me. I'll not hear what you have to say. If we regard iniquity in our hearts, the Lord says, uh, the Lord will not hear us. And is that the reason? Why, at times, God's uh, heaven seems to be as brass to us. Is it the, the reason why there is so much dearth in this day and generation for us? You see, we are not getting our prayers answered. We're not, uh, the, the, the Lord says, if ye be willing and obedient, then ye shall eat the fruit of the land. The E.M. Bounds, the great apostle of prayer, said, Obedience to God is a condition of spiritual thrift, inward satisfaction, stability of heart. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the fruit of the land. He says, Obedience opens the gates of the holy city and gives access to the tree of life. Dear friend, are we obedient? That's what God wants. That's what God is looking for in his people today. You think of wise King Solomon in Proverbs chapter 1, 28 and 29. It says, Then shall they call unto me, and I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they have hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Is that something that is true of us today? We have hated knowledge and have not chosen the fear of God because we haven't gone the whole way with the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder, is there something that God wants you to do? 
Or is there something that God wants you to stop doing? Does the Lord want you to be more instant in prayer? Does the, the Lord want you to love him more? Are there areas of your life that need to be put into a place of proper relationship with God? Are there those things that are there that where there is the areas of disobedience? And that's the very first thing that God wants us to do. He wants us to get right with him. But something else I want you to see, and that is that obedience brings progress in our experience with God. Look at uh, John chapter 7 and verse 17. It says, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. When we're obedient to God, our knowledge grows. And then there's another couple of verses, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in one verse, he says that if we obey him, we'll know the doctrine. In the next verses there, where we present our bodies as living sacrifices, in other words, we're wholly obedient, we will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we know and we prove God. As we obey God, we get, begin to know him and we begin to prove him. We prove his word. We prove what he says. We prove the way that we are to walk. And we begin to see that walking in God's ways is always the best way. And first of all, we will grow, or anyway, we will grow in grace and we will grow in love. Our obedience will bring us more and more love. You can see that there in the story that is before us because it touches on the relationship with God. It is for his glory there. If you look at the uh, end of the, uh, the story there in verse 11, this beginning of miracles did Jesus and Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. So as these men, these servants were obedient to him, and did what he wanted them to do. And as his power was manifested, it brought glory to God. So they were showing forth their love to the Lord. And then they were showing forth their love to others around them. The people in the feast that received the wine and began, began to get the benefits. And as we are obedient to God, so the world around us begins to reap the benefits of our obedience to God. And as God's word goes forward, and we ourselves begin to reap the benefits because we prove what God is and what he has said, and we prove his word, and we're be we be begin to grow in grace as we have said. And as we're obedient to the Lord, and as we follow the Lord, so we grow in grace, and our love for the Lord and our love for others grow as well. Not only will our love for the Lord grow, but we have the leap that our obedience will have us to make, because it does uh, bless our faith. It, it, it does enable us to grow in faith. We think of what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples 
launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. He said to these servants, go and draw the water. And as you draw the water, it'll be changed into wine or it was going to be changed into wine. As they worked, as they worked in faith, as they worked in faith, so they were blessed and began to prove what God was. We think of the um, men who were lepers and were healed. And the Lord said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And as they went, they were healed, as they showed their faith. And so this, there's that leap, that obedience will make us make, that will have us make, and that leap of faith. And then there's the lesson that obedience will have us draw. Uh, we think of the disciples one time, and they toiled all night and had taken nothing. You remember how the Lord Jesus came in the morning and he said to the disciples, let down your nets for a draft. And they could have protested and they couldn't, they could have said, well, we have done it all night and we have got nothing. But Peter said to the Lord, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. And it says that when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. At thy word, I will. That should be the motto of every Christian. At thy word, I will. When I read it in your word, when God's word speaks to me, I will be obedient. And my dear friend, if we want to know something of prayer, and if we want to know something of the Lord, and if we want to grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then there needs to be that obedience day by day. We need to be obedient to him. It is the key to life's problems. We get into so many difficulties in our lives precisely because we don't take God's word seriously and we don't follow it to the letter as we should. And what a transformation there would be in the Christian church and in the congregation if we had a, a set of people who were wholly dedicated to God, like Caleb of old, who wholly followed the Lord, every part of his life, whether it was his talents, or whether it was his abilities, or whether it was his strength, or whether it was his finances, or his intellectual ability, or whatever it was, was wholly given to God. And that should be something that is true of every one of us. Mary said to these servants, Whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. That's our motto. That's our way of going, our reason to etra, as it were. We follow the Lord fully. Is that true of you? Is it true of me? Or are the fact that we are so weak and the fact that we are so missing out, just an indication of the fact that the Lord is coming to us and saying, I don't want all of your sacrifices and all of your worship and your coming on a Sunday morning and all of the things that you do. I want your heart. I want your obedience. I want you. Is that what the Lord is saying to you and me? I think it is. I think it is. Oh, let's follow him 
with all of our hearts and souls and minds and strength today for his name's sake. Amen. Let's just bow in a wee word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we pray that we might be obedient to thee today. May we give our all to thee. May we grow in grace and may we grow in our faith and may we be willing to take the leap of faith even when it seems as if what we're doing is counter-cultural uh, or counter the wisdom of this world, O oh God, we pray that we might follow the Lord fully. Bless thy word and write it upon our hearts. For in Jesus' precious name, I would ask these things. Amen. Amen. The hymn 377 in closing this morning 377 by something in my heart that jesus gave to me it makes me feel like singing glory all the day um we'll sing the first and uh, the last verse of the hymn the first and the last verse of 377. in thy fear and with thy blessing now write thy word upon our hearts and be with us throughout this day for it's in jesus precious name i would ask these things amen, amen. <laughs>